You're listening to Lead Through Values, where America's Chief Culture Officer, James Mayhew, helps you create a high-performance workplace by building strong leaders, enhancing communication, and accelerating productivity. And now, here's your host, James Mayhew. Well, hello again, and welcome back to Lead Through Values. I'm your host, James Mayhew, and as always, my goal for this podcast is to help you know how to build a high-performance workplace and achieving a culture of performance mastery. Now, this is episode 50, and today I want to speak to those of you who work in the manufacturing sector. Man, you have my respect. It is not easy to do. It is a wonderfully... Uh, There's so many wonderfully talented people that do amazing things in manufacturing. And I also want to speak to the managers today. So this, this episode is really geared toward upper level management, senior executives, the business owner, including CEOs and, and COOs. Now, that doesn't mean it's not for frontline workers in manufacturing. Great. I want you to listen to this. It doesn't mean that lower level management, people that are, are, are foremen or supervisors, this isn't for you. No, this is for you. But I just want you to know that you may feel like some of these concepts aren't going to work at your place of business. And I just want you to know, I want you to come into this with an open mind because when I'm working with a company, I believe that these things that we're going to talk about today can be changed, can be instituted, can be implemented can be executed on, and you can have a great place to work. Now, the issue is, is that sometimes it doesn't feel like it's possible because there's so many things that have to move. I just want to ask you, if you're listening to this, keep an open mind. It may not be for you. You may not be able to do it in your company. And here's the thing. I don't work with companies that say we can't do that. That's that's a recipe for a failure. I won't be happy. They won't be happy. Uh, I don't work with individuals that feel like they can't improve. That's I don't do that. I only work with people that want to go from at least good to great. But I really love working with companies to go from great to superb. Or individuals who want to go from being really excellent at what they do to getting into rare air. That's how I'm gifted. In manufacturing, I have noticed something about the wall. And y'all know what I mean by the wall. Like there's a wall that might keep our facility, uh, our manufacturing separate from, you know, the office. And on the office side, you've got people that, uh, you know, they're working in air conditioning. Uh, They can take more breaks. They have more freedom to do certain things. That's the perception. And then uh, the office side looks at, you know, production as, you know, how are they getting things done? The, The wall comes into comes into play here because it's a barrier in both a literal and a figurative sense for communication flow, for culture to be built, for people to really know what's happening. And I want to address how that wall creates separation between employees in very unintended ways. And that ends up resulting in things like miscommunication, misunderstandings, misperceptions about people and and what we do here and what we don't and also missed opportunities. Before we dive into today's episode, I'd like to tell you about an advanced level workshop that I offer. I call it the Human Behavior and Communication Institute. And this is a really amazing day. 
Uh, I designed this live group coaching specifically for companies who are looking to increase their sales figures and improve their customer retention, but it's also great for leadership development and helping teams work together more productively and eliminating those communication gaps that we have. In this institute, we go through things and you would learn about different behavior styles so you know what yours is and you know how to relate to others and why they push your buttons or you push theirs. <laughs> how we fall into patterns of that dysfunction as a result of that, how to come out of those patterns, as well as knowing how to be an active listener and why assertive communication is your secret weapon. It doesn't matter what your role is, you can learn to be an assertive communicator. If you're interested in learning more about that workshop or other things that I'm doing, please reach out to me by calling me directly at 319-929-2604 or send me an email to coach at jamesmayhew.com. According to some research from Gallup, I found that less than 25% of employees in the United States strongly believe their company cares about their well-being. And most alarming of that is the percentage of those employees who are extremely satisfied with their company as a place to work dropped from 23% to only 18% over roughly the past year to year and a half. Obviously, there's a lot of external factors that are contributing to this. We're not going to talk about those today because we can't fix those. But what we can fix are the things that are internal because not all of these factors are external that's caused this many of them are internal i want to talk with you about what you can control what you can fix and how do we get better see that means these things can be addressed they can be corrected now with manufacturing i have found that great manufacturing companies they truly see their employees as human beings not some sort of cog in a machine as a result they do five things consistently well now, before you may want to think that this podcast isn't for you because you don't work in a manufacturing company or a manufacturing envir environment, maybe you're in healthcare, maybe uh, you're in tech or somewhere else, retail, hospitality, restaurants, they work in any environment, they work for any company when you do them well, when there's intention and action behind it and consistency, these things work. But I wanted to make this one about manufacturing today because right now everybody's struggling to keep employees. Uh, it is hard to replace employees right now. We're in a market that turnover is happening. The workforce is lower. Prices are up. So we're, There's so many factors. Let's focus on the five things that we can do exceptionally well that will keep people. It will help us be more productive, help us be more profitable set us apart from our competition, okay? So here's the first one. Great manufacturing companies are, have become good to even great at establishing honest, helpful, and timely feedback systems, processes. Listen, if you want to have an engaged workforce, one of the fastest and most uh, direct ways that you can do that is to teach your managers, to teach leaders how to give honest, helpful, and timely feedback. It's, it becomes normal, not something that's an exception that happens once a year. People, you've heard me say this. If you've listened to me for any length of time, you've heard me say this. People want to know how they're doing. And 
here's a here's an interesting thing. I, I think that in manufacturing, there's a tendency to be critical and to beat people up when we do feedback and to miss something important. And that is that feedback is not only about how to improve, but it also comes in the form of encouragement and recognizing excellence, giving praise. That's a job well done over there. That is a great looking weld. Wow, that bead has looked never looked better. Our customer is going to be so grateful when they see how our quality, like this exceeds, we're great quality here, but I just want you to know what you're doing. That well, keep it up. That looks sensational. Or your paint, or your finishing, whatever happens to be. So you don't miss this stat. This is really important for you to know about feedback. If a manager, or when a manager ignores an employee, and that just means that they're not giving them feedback about how to improve or showing them what they're doing well or helping them work in, in their, their strengths and developing that further, there is a massive chance. It's a 40 times greater chance that they'll become not only disengaged, but actively disengaged. If you're a manager, pay attention to that stat. A 40 times greater chance that that employee that you're not giving feedback to, that you're not helping, that you're ignoring about their performance they're going to become disengaged 40 times greater chance. And and not only just disengaged, but actively disengaged. And that means they become a risk of becoming truly toxic because they don't, they don't know how they're doing. Uh, they don't feel they're important. Their ideas aren't heard. They have no idea if they're doing well, if the company's doing well. So they just feel like they're out here just coming in and checking off a box. And what happens over time is they go to the break room, they go to lunch, they're talking after work and before work, whether it's at breakfast or at the bar, when they go out on the weekend with their family. What a horrible place I work. They don't tell us anything. They just treat us like a cog in a machine. I don't know how I'm doing. If you fail to give honest, helpful, and timely feedback, you're going to have disengaged employees. Great teams, great manufacturing companies master this. Number two, Great manufacturing companies also ensure that accountability is more proactive than it is reactive. You know, the best managers use a form of accountability that is based on having continuous and open discussions about expectations of performance instead of relying and resorting to the old way, how most people have seen accountability be used before, which is to name, blame, and shame. The big difference between being productive, I'm sorry, proactive versus reactive is that proactive accountability is a collaborative effort instead of being a directive effort. And that helps people to, to get on the same page about target dates and handoffs and quality and what resources can we pull in? What's the budget? Are we within budget? Do we need to buy a machine or equipment to, to help get us there? All of those things are clearly communicated and understood by every person. And individual and group discussions like that provide an opportunity for employees to ask questions, to get clarity, which gives them, uh, you know, it helps them move forward easier. They're not uncertain about what those expectations are. And it might even make some adjustments then to those requirements if needed. Maybe we, our target date is a little too aggressive. Maybe it's too far out. We could actually slide it up and really wow the customer. A lot of good things happen when we get together and we discuss. 
as a unit and we treat each other with with respect and we listen to ideas. All right, number three, the, uh, the third thing that great manufacturing companies do is they are disciplined about scheduling and conducting formal progress meetings. Now, this may sound like a really obvious thing to do, but in the words of the late, great Jim Rohn, he said, what's easy to do is easy not to do. A great progress meeting doesn't create extra bloat for your company. What is bloat? Well, that's the stuff that gets um, that that builds up busyness. And extra bloat is a lot of cover your rear end kind of things, copying people on unnecessarily on emails, um, meetings that aren't effective, that don't have an agenda, uh, motivational stuff that doesn't actually change behaviors. That's bloat. Okay. So a great progress meeting doesn't create extra bloat in your company. In fact, it does the opposite. It actually streamlines your 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 processes. It helps you be more effective. So progress meetings are that are productive, they result in clear and precise understanding by both the manager and the employee about what that progress is going to be, what challenges they're going to face, and how the manager can best support the employee. Sometimes the employee might say, just let me do what I'm doing. I'm really good at this. I got this. Uh, or the employee is going to come up with a better way of doing something. A progress meeting is a great place to, to do that, but also it can be an informal dialogue. So a progress meeting is also going to create opportunities for uh, informal times to discuss, hey, we can. I've got a better way here, or I'm facing a, a challenge with this. I don't, I don't know that this is going to get us there. See, typical progress meetings are largely ineffective in the past for most companies because they've been primarily a one-sided meeting where the manager does the bulk of talking. In some cases, it's go to bark orders or beat the employee up, even if they've done a good job. And in some cases, those managers, they simply avoid giving feedback, especially praise. When we're talking about a progress meeting, the best ones are a two-way conversation where the outcome is all about going forward with certainty and not uncertainty about what's the next, what the next steps are. So again, we're going to avoid confusion. Now, number four, managers, leadership, understands what makes every person on their team tick. One of my favorite expressions when I'm coaching is describing how each person, how you are uniquely gifted. You've heard me talk about it before. I'm going to say it again because I think it's worth remembering. <laughs> there are four things that what that really guide how we get our work done to the best of our abilities and this is unique for each of us how do we how do you think and make decisions how do you build relationships with others how do you approach work and how do you prefer to communicate when you know these things as a manager about the individuals on your team your feedback is received better it is your communication is better understood it, it, it's more impactful and you build respect and trust faster as a leader your your key to success is to adjust your preferences to the preferences of and, and styles of your team and check your ego at the door now the fifth way 
that great manufacturing companies have highly engaged employees and they kick butt on a daily basis is that they have leaders and managers who are committed to getting close to the action. By getting close to the action, they're watching, they're asking questions, and then they're listening to what people's responses are to those questions. They're not trying to cut them off. They're not turning it into a debate. Or we tried that before. No, they're just listening. And when you do that well, you show people that you have an interest in what their ideas are, what's what's going well, and what their struggles are. You also have to match it with some action. If you are a leader who gets close to the action, observes, asks questions, and listens, and does nothing, you have done nothing to improve your team. And they will lose respect for you and trust. Now, leaders that get close to the action, I want to say this. It's, it's something I, re- I said a few minutes ago that it's an easy thing to do. It should be an obvious thing to do. But, but like I've said, what's easy to do, it's easy not to do. I've seen managers use the excuse that they're just too busy. And that's their prime reason for not being able to get close to the action. They've got meetings to go to. Uh, they had an interruption. Somebody called them in. Might have been the the business owner. It may have been they got they got pulled into something they didn't know. Right. So those are the kinds of interruptions I'm talking about. It could be that uh, we have a fire they need to put out. Hopefully that's not a literal fire. But you know what I mean. There's all these things that are happening. Emails. Uh, somebody takes you know one of these interruptions turns into what what could be solved in you know maybe it looks like in the first uh, the first iteration is a 10 minute fix. And it turns into an all-day fix. So all of those things take precedence over why a manager sometimes doesn't get close to the action. But on a more toxic level, I've even had managers tell me that when they get close to the action, all they hear are, are whining and bitching and complaints about things like their machine breaking down or how their machine is constantly out of spec or that there's a safety issue, the floor slippery, other problems... So their solution was avoiding going to the production floor because they didn't want to deal with it. They didn't know how to answer that. They were being pressured just to get the widgets out the door at the production level that we said we were going to do. You can't be a leader and avoid things. And ultimately, things like that, those kind of decisions, not only do they hurt hurt productivity, they compromise quality. And man, don't miss this. Potentially someone's going to get injured or even killed. It's like negligence. That's like a mindset of negligence. If you oversee a team of people or an assembly line or some other work area, you must discipline yourself to get close to the action and be part of the solution. For those of you that are in office environments where you're not in manufacturing, same goes for you. Stop making excuses about getting close to the action and get there and figure out what's going well. Are your Is your technology being outgrown by your growth? Uh, What processes do you have that are no longer efficient? This isn't theory. This is stuff that we run into all the time. So as we wind it down, if you're still thinking that people skills, also known as some people call them soft skills, if you're thinking that they're not vital, you're actually part of the problem. Everything I talked about today was more based on a soft skill slash people skill or what I love to call them essential skills than the hard job skills. A high performance workplaces excel 
at the well-being for both the individual and the company. Stress leads to absenteeism, leads to health issues, leads to injuries, leads to mistakes. So be very mindful of those things. Here's the deal. Great teams, they work together. Great teams don't sweep problems under the rug. They bring them out where they can be fixed. Great products are a result of the work of the right people doing the right things and all moving in the right direction. So remember, if you want to build a high-performance team, you're going to embrace this philosophy here. Conversations create clarity because clarity produces action. And when we have action, that produces results. I'm James. And I want to help you win by leading through your values to create a culture of performance mastery. Now, I want to thank you for listening. And I would be so grateful if you'd give this podcast a five-star rating, leave it a quick review. And I can't wait to see you again on the next episode of Lead Through Values.